0: There is often a perception that frozen food is inferior to foods that are fresh. However, whether it's packed at its peak and frozen by a food manufacturer, or if you're doing this at home in attempts to minimize both food waste and rising grocery costs, frozen foods can be a real asset to our family's overall diet. So with plenty of tips and tricks to optimize the taste, texture, and overall nutrition in a lot of the foods that you might find in the freezer section or want to freeze at home, This episode is going to talk about some of the considerations that you need to think about before freezing food or buying frozen food, also the container types that are gonna help preserve the quality and the nutrition of those foods, and just some foods that might freeze well that maybe you haven't considered including in your family's freezer. and say a quick prayer for you. It's time to chat about the mealtimes, messes, moments, and ministry of motherhood. Before we dive into answering this listener-submitted question, I wanna go ahead and just read a recent review left on the Veggies and Virtue podcast. Anne shared, this melted my heart, five stars, the Valentine's episode. This is so, so, so perfect for my family right now. My husband leaves on Thursday to deploy, and this is a first for my kids. I will use this to shower them with some extra love during this trying time for my family, and no candy or treats even needed. Thank heavens. And y'all, if you haven't listened to episode 100 yet, I know with tomorrow being Valentine's, you're probably right in the thick of it, and it might feel like you kind of already missed the window. But I just want to encourage you, even if you just write out a few of these today, and that's what you do for your kids tomorrow, to just shower them with love, as this mom Anne had mentioned, you can do it starting tomorrow. It doesn't have to start on February 1st. You can do it only tomorrow. You can do it for 14 days following tomorrow, whatever serves your family best, Remember, the expectation of Valentine's is not to isolate the love and affection we show one another to that one day, but rather just to see tomorrow as a prompt and an opportunity for us to love those around us. So if you haven't listened to episode 100 yet, go back and take a listen to that because it's one of the episodes that while less, I'd say, on brand, you know, there's nothing really food or feeding related in it. It was one that I really just felt like the Lord had put on my heart because it's been something so special to our family. It's been something that we have been doing over the last couple of weeks. But more importantly, it's been something that we've done the last couple of years that is a memory and a tradition that my kids always ask about and look forward to each and every year. And to me as a mom, that helps me filter out the noise. It helps me quiet the comparison game. And just to see what matters to my kids, what builds them up and what shows them love in a way that is genuine and meaningful in our family. So, and thank you so much for sharing that to me. I will be praying by name for your family, just knowing that your husband's deployed now and knowing that, as you said, it is a trying time. And I just want to thank you for your service. Thank you for the service of your husband. And thank you for all that your children sacrifice and having their dad get deployed to serve our country. And I just hope that anyone else hearing this might also be encouraged to pray for Anne and her family in this upcoming season as her husband is overseas. If you feel like a particular episode or episodes altogether have been an encouragement to you, it is just one of the most meaningful things to me to get to read each and every one of these reviews. So I just want to ask you to scroll down on Apple Podcast. All you have to do is click the five stars and then leave a quick review. Some of them are really short and simple, some of them are a little bit more longer and deeper, but each one of them really motivates me to continue with my mission of Veggies and Virtue and to continue sharing this podcast with you. Another thing I want to invite you to do is to go to veggiesinvirtue.com slash ask if you ever have any questions. As we're going to talk about on today's episode. Where a mom named Sarah asked me about freezing foods, particularly so they don't taste funny afterwards. I love the questions that you guys come up with because I can think of content ideas all day, but I want to be offering episodes to you that are really actionable and applicable to your real life. For today's episode, we're going to address Sarah's question. She shares Hi, Ashley. I'm a new listener to the show and I like the idea about pre-prepping food and freezing it, but what do you use as containers to freeze your food? I don't know if I'm just really picky or not, but I always feel that the food tastes like it's been frozen. Give me any ideas you have, thank you. So first I think it can be really helpful for us to just address some of the perceptions we have about frozen food, because I hear this all the time as a dietitian, particularly working with moms, that we think frozen food is inferior to fresh. We feel a pressure to fresh make everything. And if we don't, it almost seems like we're offering almost a lazy alternative. And so I just want to confront that lie because as a dietitian, I can tell you that especially when it comes to produce and some of the fruits and vegetables that you may Purchase frozen in the store, food manufacturers have already picked those at their peak, which means when they're at the highest nutritional value that that particular produce might be at, they're using food manufacturing processes to freeze the foods at that peak so that they're capturing and containing as much nutrition as possible. And so oftentimes, this is one of the easiest and most effective ways as families that we can include more fruits and vegetables in our family's diet without some of the Uh, burden of, you know, prepping fresh fruit and vegetable and some of the increased cost, particularly when it's a fruit or a vegetable that's out of season. So we will talk specific to produce today, but we're also going to talk about in general different foods you might be freezing or maybe have never thought to freeze that can really help you. And that's something that I want you to really walk away from this episode with, because one of the reasons that I enjoy freezing food so much is not so much even because of the taste or the outcome or anything like that, it's because the added efficiency. We often have the misconception that it's a lazy way to go about things, to buy frozen foods or to have something in the freezer that we pull out. And while yes, there are plenty of highly processed foods in the freezer section that may or may not have a place in your specific family's lifestyle and diet, there is an amount of efficiency with frozen food that us as busy moms have to have. And so I wanna also share some of the tips and tricks that I've learned over time as a mom in terms of freezing foods so that it increases my efficiency. It offers me the opportunity that if I'm already doing this once, I can easily do a little more or I can do it a little bit more strategically so that it saves me time later. So I would encourage you as you listen, just jot down what are some of your perceptions of frozen food? Because if you, like this mom, Sarah, think, you know, she's like, I don't know, am I picky or does it really taste funny? I would encourage you just the way I do with your kids be a food scientist and experiment because I know for me one of my favorite dishes growing up was my dad's stir fry but he always made it with fresh veggies and then when I became a mom I found it completely unsustainable to make stir fry prepared with fresh veggies every time because just the sheer washing and chopping of veggies was often more time than I even had to prepare the meal with little kids on my hip or at my ankle or needing to be fed. And so one time what I did was I made it with fresh veggies and prepared the recipe, you know, accordingly. And then I used a stir fry mix of frozen veggies just to compare. Is there even that big of a difference? Do I even notice the difference? And if I notice it, do I even mind it? Because I think sometimes we go into it again with that preconceived notion that this is inferior it's not going to taste as good or it's not as nutritious or whatever those misconceptions might be and we haven't even tested our theories to see if they're proven correct and so i encourage you to identify what some of those thoughts might be and to begin testing them to see do they even have any merit or are you limiting yourself in the use of frozen foods in your family because of some of these misconceptions so once you've done that i want you to begin thinking through some of the other considerations that are just necessary constraints of life that we should factor in before we think through kind of what we're freezing how we're freezing how much we're freezing and all the logistics there and that really comes into first and foremost freezer space depending on the style of fridge you have whether you have a top and bottom or you know a drawer freezer pullout, or a side by side or you have a freezer, a separate deep freezer chest or a stand-up deep freezer, every one of us is going to have a different amount of freezer space. And so that's going to impact the amount of frozen foods that you buy or that you are prepping and storing from home. And so first and foremost, that's something I think is really important to consider. The next thing is something that I talk about in my kitchen reset modules within Mealtimes Made Easy is what are your goals for doing this? So often, just as we can have misconceptions about frozen food, we can have goals that we burden ourselves with that don't align with our family at all. So I want you to think, is reducing food waste a really big important priority for your family right now, especially with rising food costs and just wanting to be more cognizant of how much you're spending? the more we can reduce food waste, that inadvertently is also helping us spend less on food or waste less money on the food that we've already purchased. Or your goal might be to prep more food ahead. So as I mentioned before, you're seeing that added efficiency that's making healthy meals for your family that much easier. However, we live in a world of so many great ideas, one of which being things like freezer meals and meal prep And some of these systems and strategies that can be great, but I encourage you to evaluate in your family and in this season what is your primary goal of frozen food? Is it increasing more variety nutritionally? Whatever one of these things it might be, I encourage you to identify it because if you're going after every goal at once, as we know, it's likely going to be unattainable or at least unsustainable. However, if you can identify, are you wanting to reduce food waste? Are you wanting to be more efficient and prep food ahead? Or are you wanting to include more variety in your child's diet? Each one of those goals is going to direct the way that you utilize your freezer space most effectively. And if you have a lot of extra freezer space, you might be able to habit stack some of these things so that you can expand the offerings that are in your freezer because you physically have the space. But I want you to think through some of those things in advance so you can begin thinking through what some of the behaviors matched with your goals may be. Now getting more specifically into Sarah's question, what containers are the best containers to freeze food in? And why? I'm not going to give you one answer that covers all items for frozen food, I do want to share with you some of the lessons that I've learned and some of the tips and tricks that I've picked up over time. First and foremost being that air and excessive moisture are going to be our biggest enemies when it comes to freezing food. So what we wanna think about is which containers are going to eliminate or minimize the air and the added moisture. And so when we look at what types of containers tend to freeze foods best if we're freezing at home, again, the food industry has already come up with their formulations of which type of packaging they have tested and found as tried and true to store those foods that we're already buying in the freezer. But when we're at home and we're prepping food ahead and we're thinking of what container to store it in, we have to, again, go back to those considerations of what is our goal and functionally, how much space in the freezer do we have? Beyond that, we want to think about how are we minimizing the air exposure, because that's where we're going to see some of that freezer burn come about, but also where some of that added moisture that can change the taste and the texture of frozen foods if it's been stored improperly. So if we want to make sure that the foods that we're storing in the freezer stay fresh tasting for longer, we do really need to be strategic with how we're storing them. So personally, my preference would always be to freeze in glass. I think in general, the more I can minimize plastics in my home, particularly single-use plastics, things like Ziploc bags, the better. However, I only have so many glass containers, so sometimes it can be hard to use something like, say, a Pyrex airtight glass container. It is going to help eliminate some of that added air and moisture, but I only have so many of them. So I have to be strategic about which ones I'm putting in the freezer and how quick the turnover is. So if I'm going to freeze something in a glass container, it's usually something that I know I have multiple sizes of, like there's one particular one I'm holding my hands up right now making the size and shape of it that I know we have multiple of that I would be okay with Putting in the freezer, if say we, I was making two batches of spaghetti sauce and I wanted to freeze one. I could easily put it in that and so to speak sacrifice that bowl. However, I also have to think back to those considerations of space constraints, because these frozen con- or excuse me these glass containers are not very malleable or flexible to the space we have. So sometimes it does make more sense to use things like a bag that we can freeze in a certain shape and kind of fit whatever nook or cranny or space that we have for that food in the freezer. So one option is using something if you want to eliminate plastics or minimize use of plastics. You can use things like stasher bags. I love stasher bags. We pretty much always have a stasher bag full of frozen bananas in the freezer. They can be a great option. However, again, I don't have a ton of stasher bags. They are more expensive, you know, overall. They work out over time, but they are more expensive upfront than, say, just your generic plastic bag. And so I don't always want them to be locked up in the freezer. So sometimes I will use things like a freezer quart size bag or a freezer Ziploc. Now here it is important to use freezer quality bags because it is going to impact the amount of air exposure and moisture produced within that bag. And so that can change the quality of the foods that you're freezing. Another thing you can do here to minimize the air in the bag if you're using a stasher bag or a freezer bag is to draw the air. You can simply just press this against your stomach or your chest and kind of squeeze out the air if you need or you might do something like stick a straw in the corner of it as you're zipping it shut to try and you know breathe out or suck out the air that's within the bag. This kind of offers like the um, DIY version of like a vacuum seal bag, you know, there are those options. And if you have a vacuum sealer, that can be a great way to freeze foods in a way that really minimizes that mo- that moisture and uh, air exposure. However, even for me, someone who has lots of kitchen gadgets, that's still not something I own yet. I mean, someday maybe it'd be really fun to have. But for right now, I find that just using a freezer quality bag and removing some of that air can be a really helpful strategy. One last strategy for containers you might want to use when freezing food to consider is if you have some sort of a silicone mold. There's a million of them out on the market, depending on what size or what shape or really what amount of a given food you want to be saving. But this really comes down to if you have, you know, a jar of pesto sauce that you know you're not going to eat before it goes bad, you could easily put it in an ice cube tray of sorts. Again, the silicone ones can be really easy and flexible, so you can just pop the item out. But you could even use a silicone muffin mold, which each of those molds is probably going to be around a half cup. You know, you can trial and error it to see for your specific one, but then you can fill it with different things. So if you know, oh, we didn't use the entire can of tomato sauce or I'm going to pre-dice a ton of onions and only have to deal with the process once and I'm going to save them in little half cup portions. Well, what you're gonna do is you're gonna flash freeze that silicone mold or ice cream tray or whatever it might be. And flash freezing is simply just putting it in the freezer long enough for it to get lightly frozen. We don't wanna keep it long-term in those containers because again, we're exposing it to added air, so it is going to impact the quality. But once you flash froze in one of these molds, you can quickly and easily pop it out and put it into either a glass or a plastic or a reusable bag option, such as those that we already talked about. So there you already have things kind of pre-portioned for future use. Increasing that efficiency of things like we talked about, but in a size and a shape that is really functional rather than maybe having to like take out and thaw a large amount of something that you only maybe want a small bit of. So to wrap up, I want to just go over a few of my favorite foods to freeze as a busy mom with three kids. And again, this is not an all encompassing list. If you're ever wondering, does this freeze well? Just Google it and research and ask the people who have tried it out because there's been a lot of food safety testing, but also food science work done to identify, does this change taste or texture and does this freeze well? Because none of us want to be attempting these processes and then end up with a failed result. But for me, some of the things that I find to work really well and help to increase efficiency or make it more cost effective to buy foods is because we do have a deep freezer, so I do have some added space. Often some of the things that I will purchase and freeze individually are things like meat. I find that if I need to buy a lot of chicken and I can cube it up and then just put it in individual portions. Now, anytime a recipe is calling for chicken chunks of some sort, I already have them done and kind of that whole like prepping and you know food handling of raw chicken Is already taken care of and I know I have one pound per bag and it's already cubed and ready to go sometimes I'll even pre-marinate it put it in there remove the air out of the bag put it in the freezer so I know hey when we have teriyaki chicken so I didn't have to have this random bottle of teriyaki sauce in the fridge for the next month you know that doesn't fit and is awkward and creates other challenges I can just go ahead and put it in the bag with the chicken freeze it have it there and now when I need a quick and easy dinner idea all of a sudden I have teriyaki chicken ready to go. So that is something that I find really helpful. Another meat-based thing is if I'm gonna ground, if I'm gonna be cooking ground meat, ground turkey, or ground beef, or even if it was like a ground sausage or something, I'm usually going to buy a larger package, particularly if it's on sale or at a better unit price, and I'm going to cook a larger portion and then again just divide it up into packages and portions that i can freeze for future use so then the next time i need to add ground meat into a spaghetti sauce or for taco meat or a breakfast scramble or whatever it might be the cooking of the raw meat portion and that step of the process is already done so that's something i find really functional as well another thing that i find really cost effective is cheese it's some dairy items can kind of change texture when frozen But when we think about frozen pizzas, it has shredded cheese on top. And if I'm going to buy shredded cheese, it can be really expensive in smaller, say like eight ounce packages, but you can get a really large bag of cheese at Costco for just a fraction of the cost. But I don't want that giant four pound bag of cheese in my fridge occupying up all that space. So again, I might portion it out into one or two cup portions, similar to what that eight ounce bag would be. But once I remove the air, package it, I can, you know, again, fold the, the bag in whatever shape configuration fits my freezer, then I might have, I guess if it was four pounds, it would be roughly eight bags of eight ounces of cheese each. And it might've only cost me a dollar each, where at the store they're costing three, four, five dollars each for that eight ounce bag. So that can be a great option. I'll do that a lot of times like with things like mozzarella. So if we're doing homemade pizza night, it's not something that we use as often. I'm not going to keep it in the fridge, but it's so much more cost effective. Another favorite is sauces. This sometimes will be a marinade before, when if, I've, if I'm if i making a marinade in a bowl for the night of I'm cooking it, sometimes I'll just make an extra batch or two. Oftentimes this I'll store in like a small mason jar depending on the amount of sauce I need. You could also use things like those silicone, silicone molds that we talked with, but these sauces and marinades, whether it be that excess teriyaki sauce that I talked about before, or just a double, triple, quadruple batch of a marinade that I'm making right now. And while I have all the ingredients out, it's very easy to batch prepare four batches of it for the future, especially if it's one that like in the summer I'll do this a lot because then I have the marinade already ready. So when we're gonna grill out or something like that, it makes it really easy to just combine the marinade with the meat the night that we need it. Meal idea is already done and taken care of. I could go on and on, but seeing that this episode is a little longer than I already hoped for, I'm gonna wrap it up soon. The last few things that I wanna share and that I'll go through rather quickly are things like nuts. Oftentimes I can buy nuts at Costco, but we can't eat them quickly enough if they're stored at room temperature. So storing nuts in the freezer allows me to buy a bigger portion, decreasing the price per unit, but helps keep them fresh and from going rancid for that much longer. Also, I'll do this if I because I do have a deep freezer and I often have the space, is I can freeze things like bread and tortillas. I've shared before I love these tortillas that we can kind of like cook on the spot. They're raw, they're really natural ingredients. I love buying them at Costco in a big portion, but I know that they're often gonna spoil in the fridge. So oftentimes what I'll do is I'll just take out a few that we need and again, divide up the portions. So maybe now we have 12 in a pack it's going to work out to be really inexpensive that way but for really high quality tortillas that are fresh that are natural and that i can just keep in the freezer i'll do the same thing with things like my siete tortillas i love those as a gluten-free option but they can spoil in the fridge rather fast so often i'll store those in the freezer as well the last thing that i'll say that i do for to save money often is we always freeze bread my husband kind of thinks this is weird but it's something my family has always done especially living somewhere as humid as houston it's really really helpful to store our bread in the freezer so this is something when it comes to the considerations of my freezer space i know that it is a priority for me to make room in our freezer for bread because this is one of the ways that i can buy the highest quality bread on sale and save it and it's how we always have bread on hand so i'm not going to make the kids sandwiches for lunch only to realize we're out of bread I can almost always keep a backup supply there. And on the note of grain, the little bonus I'll add here that y'all have probably seen me share and do often is things like frozen pancakes and frozen waffles. When we're talking about starches to freeze, this is by far one of my favorite options. Again, this is not an all-encompassing list, so come share on social and tag me at Veggies and Virtue what your favorite things in the freezer are because I could go on and on and maybe need to do a part two to this episode but I just wanna leave you with the pancakes and the waffles because that's something that I can batch make when I'm already making pancakes, when I'm already making waffles, flash freeze them individually so they don't all get stuck together, but then transfer to another container so we have really, really quick and easy breakfast options or even as just a snack option on hand and it's at a fraction of the cost and usually much, much more nutritionally dense than the options that I can buy in the store. So I know this episode went a little long and again, I could make it go a lot longer, but to be respectful of your time, I want to wrap it up there. And again, just thanks Sarah for sharing this message and this question with us. If you have a question that you would like me to answer on an upcoming episode, please just go to veggiesandvirtuecom forward slash ask and leave me your voice memo there. Or at any point, hit reply. Let me know what questions you have to any of my emails and I'd be happy to feature them on an upcoming episode.